You're listening to the Great Synth 68 Podcast, the dedicated Birmingham City women's audio show bringing you the latest news and interviews from the club. Enjoy the show. Welcome to episode 64 of the Great Synth 68 Podcast, the dedicated weekly women's football podcast about all things Birmingham City. I'm joined, as always, by Chris and Kaz. How have you both been? Uh, great, great thanks. thanks. How, How are, are you? you? I'm good. How about you, Chris? Yeah, yeah not too bad. Too bad. Thank, Thank you. Kai. Kai. Yeah. Good to hear it. We'll start this week's show by looking at a few milestones that took place, uh, or could took. Oh no, took place this week. Yes, uh, on Sunday, Sarah Mailing made her 50th appearance for Birmingham City, whilst her teammate Hannah Hampton made her 25th. We'll start with Sarah first. 50 games is a great achievement, and even now, I don't think we've seen the best of her. Uh, do you both agree? Yeah, yeah, I definitely, definitely agree. agree. Um, I, I think, think uh, she's, she's one, one of these players, players that have gone, gone under the radar for appearances, appearances as well. So I'm, I'm hoping, hoping this season, season she can get a chance, chance like, like she has been. been. Yeah, absolutely. What about you, Chris? What do you think? Yeah, yeah both, 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 both of those players. players those, those, those numbers are quite surprising. surprising. Um, yeah, you know, if she'd have asked me to guess, I wouldn't have gone anywhere near those numbers, but... Yeah, yeah I, think, I, think, I think Sarah's, Sarah's um, you know, her, her, her strength is also a, a biggest weakness, weakness at times, times, I think, because, because she's, she's so versatile, versatile and, and, and is happy, happy to play in, in a lot, lot of different positions. I think you're right, I don't, I don't think we have seen, seen the best, best Sarah Mailing yet. yet. Um, you know, yeah, we're, 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 we're the best Sarah Mailing is his position on the field. We're still really not sure. So, yeah, so, yeah but, but 50, 50 games, games in, um, you, know, you know, hopefully, hopefully this, this season is where she can, she can really, really lay down a marker, um, get, get a fixed position, um, and, and, and really, really put, put a mark, mark on, 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 on the team. team. Yeah, I think it's her versatility that's both a positive and a negative, really. She's there yeah. to do a job in a variety of positions, but then as a result, she can't nail down a certain spot for herself, and... As a result, I don't know if I still know what to make of her. She's got great ball, ball control. She's got pace. She can cross a ball and is also tenacious. But for an average fan, I'm not sure it comes across just what she does. But she does a lot of different things, Kaz. Isn't that right? Yeah. yeah. Um, at, at, at the weekend, she was very versatile as well. Again, again. Uh, some, some of the balls she was putting in, in was, was unbelievable. Unfortunately, unfortunately there, was there was nobody there. there. So, so, yeah, yeah I, I think... think uh, uh, I'd, I'd like, like to see you play, play on the wing, wing in midfield, midfield but we'll, we'll see where the manager, the manager wants to play. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Hannah as well, she's reached a milestone, 25 games. The 18-year-old didn't take the most conventional of routes to becoming a women's Super League goalkeeper. She played as a striker during her early days in Spain before moving back to the UK to play for Stoke City's Centre of Excellence. Hannah clearly feels comfortable with the ball at her feet and is understandably a part of the England youth setup. From a re- relatively unknown keeper to becoming Blues number one, she's really stepped up following the departure of Anne Catherine Berger, Chris. Yeah, yeah, she, she has. has. Um, I, think I think that's, that's the, the biggest, biggest credit you can give her that, that you, know, you, you lose someone like AKB, AKB and, and um, you know, yeah, normally you, you, you would be very, very fearful of, of, of what was to come, come um, after losing, losing a goalkeeper, goalkeper of a pedigree of Amber, but uh, like, like I said, said the, the biggest, biggest credit I can give you Hannah is that we, we, haven't, we haven't felt, felt that as much as, as maybe some, some, some people would have predicted because Hannah has been um, 
exceptional since she's come in. Um, yeah, you know, the previous previous manager of regime had an awful lot of confidence in her. Um, and, 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 you know, know she's, she's, she's faced, faced a, a, a difficult, difficult period, period as well. You, know, you, you think, think back, back to that Man City game last season where, where, where she, she made the mistake early on with her feet, feet um, and we lost, lost the game 1-0. Um, but actually, you know, you know, even, even in that game, she, she made numerous good saves, um, yeah, which shows her character and it shows her ability. Um, yeah, no, like I say, I've no doubt that she will... Uh, she will keep progressing and get better and better, and you know, being that being that full England squad one day. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, she's doing a fine job, and hopefully, she continues to do that with us this season. On to the weekend's game then, and Birmingham City's search for the first points of the season continued <coughs> as a one-nil defeat to West Ham United at Rush Green. Marta made just one change from the game that we lost to Everton. That was Lucy Whip made way for Harriet Scott. Sarah Mailing then moved into a more forward position as a result and uh, Scott slotted in at the left-back position. Adriana Leon scored the only goal of the game, catching out the Blues on the counter. Let's talk about the goal then. Blues get a shot away, which is comfortably caught by the Hammers keeper, Brosnan. Less than 30 seconds later, we are punished. Brosnan throws it out to Erin Simon, who has the freedom of the entire right wing to play a superb, a superb ball rather, to Martha Thomas. Thomas then draws Rebecca Holloway out of the central position, which opens the space in the middle of the park. Keris Harrop is also out of position herself, running back to cover, and by the time it falls to the feet of Leon, she's not able to block the shot. Leon then sweeps it into the bottom corner out of the reach of Hannah Hampton. It's a very quick counter-attack from the Hammers, but should we have perhaps got back a bit quicker to deny Lee on the opener, Kaz? Uh, yeah, definitely. Um, I think if anybody watched the game at the weekend, the midfield seemed to have, like, it, it went missing in parts of the game. So I think once that gets sorted, maybe the defence will be able to do its job properly. Yeah, it was it was it was one of those it's another one of those incidents that where you've got um yeah, we we just we just um maybe the concentration's gone a bit at Chris. We're 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 looking to push forward and then we don't um get enough to get back again. I I think it's just you know, I saw it as um you know, the ruthless side of, of, of football really, you know. Um that that seemed to be West Ham's biggest plot. Um that was their main game plan, I think, to to soak up what we were doing, and then and then try and hit us on the counter. You know, we're we're a, a side that are getting used to each other, um, getting used to the the positions that we're trying to play, and and I think that was their game plan from from very early on um, to to utilise the counter attack and you know the the ability Martha Thomas has got up front. She held the ball up very well, and when you've got players around her, um, you know, like Leon. Who, who has been a decent finisher for for, for all her career, really. So, um, yeah, that, that seemed to be their game plan. Um, the positional awareness, obviously, of the of the two centre halves getting caught. Um, but it's it's you know that is that is the ruthlessness of, of of football. It's the ruthlessness of the WSL this year. I think it's going to be you know if if you do make mistakes, you're going to get punished more often than not. Um, yeah, but. As I said, it, it was. I, I wouldn't really, can't really put blame on anybody in particular, or you know, because that it seemed that that was the 
that was the game plan for West Ham for, for, for the vast majority of the game, really. Yeah, they, they did look to, to try and counter us. And Birmingham, they had their chances too. Chloe Arthur did well in the middle of the park to win the ball back. And then she fed it to Claudia Walker, who dragged her effort wide of the far post. But I think the closest we came was from an effort from England international Lucy Staniforth. This was a contentious one, to say the least. She picks the ball up about 30 yards out and lets fly. Brosnan then fumbles the ball onto the bar and it drops down and appears to cross the line. The more I see it, the more I feel it was in. What do you think, Az? Well, I was there and we were in line with it, yeah. That was it was over the line. The keeper knew it was over. It curled in and then curled back onto the line. Yeah, yeah. The, la- the linesman was like, I would say it was 10, 20 foot behind play. Like, if you're going to be a fourth official or a referee, you need to keep up with play. And unfortunately, it cost us the points at the weekend. And if that had gone in, would we have gone on to win the game? Do you know what I mean? It changes the whole concept of the game then so yeah yeah absolutely I mean goals do change games and Chris it it does feel like you have to make your own look in football but perhaps on another day this one would have been given it's it's the uh, perils of of relying on WSL officials isn't it unfortunately Um, you know it it looked pretty close from from obviously we didn't didn't actually get a replay of it on the on the app, I don't think. Um, I don't think they had but, any other camera angle. That's why they didn't want to show it. Okay. Again. But yeah. <laughs> yeah, but um, you know, like Kaz said, if if it looks like it's gone over the line, then it's you know it, it, it is disappointing. Um, yeah, because that it would have been the least we deserved from the game. I think a draw, um, and I think it would have been the least Staniforth deserved as well because she was, you know, she was lining those shots from distance up quite often in the game and she was testing Brosnan. Brosnan made a couple of good saves. Um, but obviously if that one's gone over the line, then it's a, it's a really disappointing way to lose the game. Yeah, absolutely. And it's another narrow win that's cost us um, early on in the season, but hopefully results will improve. But now we're going to hear from manager Marta Tejador, which Kaz spoke to after the game. And here is Marta's thoughts on the game. I'm happy with the way we played, especially in the second half. Uh, I think we got the domain and the control of the match. We produced a lot of scoring opportunities through long shoots and also a couple of them one-on-one with the keeper. Biggest complaint for me is not putting the ball on the net. Would have made the difference. With all the new players coming in, um, do you think it's going to take time for the team to settle? Yeah, that's for sure. That's for sure. We we are resetting a new team uh, with near 50% of them being new players. And sometimes it takes even a, a whole season to, to, to get the best from them performing as a team. Uh, of course, some of them are very young. Some of them come from a different country. And uh, yeah, it takes some time. This is what it makes me confident to feel that we have a big range of improvement, that we're going a little bit better and better, and probably it's a question of time to 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 get something else. Do you have a message for the fans that uh, will in your own week in week out? Yeah, I always uh, feel uh, very grateful from from them. 
I think uh, we we won't be where we are without our our fans. I'm sorry that I'm not so close to them, maybe because of the language, maybe also because of the job, I'm always busy. But uh, I appreciate a lot of their support. Even today, I felt they were supporting the team until the end. And for me, I can find better words than saying thank you very much. Due to an error, I clicked mute on my microphone during the podcast at one point. So thanks to Marta Tejador for that interview. And now you'll hear from Sarah Mailing. Um, I think we dominated the game. Um, we was on top and had quite a few chances. Um, we obviously need to finish with the chances that we've got, but uh, I think we're happy with the performance, but no, we need to score some goals in the next game. What, what's your aim for this season, as in goals, games? Um, obviously, I hit 50 appearances. You all get. But I need, yeah. Uh, but I need to score. Obviously, I know this now, and my goal is just to keep playing, keep helping the team, and definitely add some goals this season. Definitely. Do you want to say anything to the travelling fans for today? I just want to say thank you. Thanks for coming to support us. You're behind us. I can hear you all the time. So calling at the rest and everything. So yeah, thank you, and we'll we'll pick some points up soon to to repay for the support. Thanks, Kaz, of course, for making the trip down to Rush Green to speak to both of them and watch the game. Final thoughts on that, then. It was a narrow defeat. There's positive signs, but still room to improve. Uh, Marta didn't make any changes till the 78th minute, for instance. I felt the attack uh, got a bit stale in the second half, almost like we lacked ideas. Would you have preferred she made changes earlier, Kaz? With what was handed to her on the bench, um, I don't know, because Rich took a knock, so Rich couldn't come on. So I think she had to do with what she had, basically, really. So, yeah, I would have liked to have seen Rach come on, but obviously she picked up a knock, and I think they want to try and save her for maybe Everton or Redden. Yeah, I mean, she's only just come back. You don't want to, If she's got any type of knock, you don't want to make that worse and make her miss more games this season than we would want. One game, one game comes and goes, but you don't want to make her... Miss like a month or two. We can't. We can't deal with that. Um, well, any any final thoughts, Chris, from the game? Anything we haven't touched on? Anything you want to bring up? Um, no, I don't think so. I think. I mean, I'm not sure. I completely agree that we were we were looking stale. I think honestly, from Master's point of view, like Kaz said, if you, if you can't bring on Rachel, um, I don't think the front the front players were were doing terribly. Um, and like you say, you are. We are obviously limited to to what we've got on the bench. It maybe just a bit could have freshened it up in midfield. Maybe a bit more energy, but bring Connie on a little bit earlier, maybe. But um, you know, she she was hoping she was trusting the players out on the pitch that that they'd get the job done and get us back in the game. Um, and like I said, like we've said before, it, it almost happened, but um, unfortunately, not to be for this one. No, of course, and the closer they get to scoring, we're going to get a goal sooner or later. Claudia, Claudia Walker went close, and Lucy Standiforth arguably got the goal, so yeah. next next time it might be a different result. So we'll move now on to listeners' questions. We've got quite a few in this week. We'll um, talk about the this upcoming game against Everton shortly, but we'll get in the questions first. Uh, the first one is from Emmy from the F in Football podcast. She asks... As someone who is new to following the WSL, which Birmingham City players should really be on my radar? Uh, Chris, do you want to go first? I think if you're if you're new to if you're new to Blues in general, um, obviously Lucy Staniforth, but you know she might know her from 
from from the England internationals and things like that. So I'd, I'd probably say um, Adrian Jordan's impressed me. Um, obviously, Hannah Hampton in goal um, is a really good up-and-coming player. Um, 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 if she gets back fit, Rachel's definitely one that, that you want to be looking at. Yeah, absolutely. Rachel Williams would be would have been my pick. She jumps out at me. She's obviously part of the Blues side that won the FA Cup in 2012 and will drive the team forward when given the chance. She's also in the top five for all-time goal scorers in the WSL. She's also works as a plasterer when she's not playing football, which is an interesting fact for uh, people who are new to the league, of course. Kaz, is there anyone else you want to bring up that for someone new to the league and new to Birmingham City? Um, I'd probably say Brianna as well and Sarah. Them two, especially at the weekend, like they were absolutely fantastic. So they would be probably my top two as well. Yeah, they're, they're both good picks. Uh, the next question comes in from Stacey. She asks, out of all the players that left in the summer, who do you think we are missing the most? And who would you bring back if we could? We're probably going to have differing opinions on this. Chris, I think I know who you're going to go for, but I'm going to, I'm going to, I'll am go first. I think Aoife Mannion is the one. Her, our defensive record last year, last season and, and the last few seasons has spoken for itself. And breaking up that partnership between Aoife and Keris at the back was always going to take time to get over. And we currently have two centre-back uh, centre op, yeah, centre options <coughs> with one of those Holloway who's more established as a midfielder. Aoife is, Aoife is a massive loss. Um, Hayley Ladd is a massive loss. But we've we've played both games now, and we've looked we've looked okay at the back, um, and we I, I think we've looked more than capable of of keeping the ball. Um, we've showed that we can do that, and we can create chances. So the biggest loss is for me, undoubtedly, without a shadow of a doubt, Ellen. Yeah, that's 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 a fine choice. She's a person who scores goals for fun, and arguably was hitting her best form at the latter days of a Blues career. Uh, Kaz. Uh, well, I'm going to say Hayley Ladd only because I think we're lacking somebody who can break up playing midfield. And I'd probably say Charlie as well. Somebody to score goals. Yeah, probably one of them too. The answer's Ellen. <laughs> <laughs> but he's making That's an ex- ex- exclamation point on that one. It's just, it, I mean, obviously it's just my opinion, but it's the correct answer. It's Ellen. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the next question comes in from Laurie. Uh, she asks, with such a short season in the women's game and no points from the games that we thought we could have got something from, are we already in trouble? I, I, d- I don't think we're in trouble yet. I think it's still early days, but what uh, what do you both think? I don't think we're in trouble, no. Especially if, if anybody was at the West Ham game, you would have known we weren't going to be in trouble. The only thing we are lacking is putting the ball in the back of the net. Defence is... The defence will be fine. Midfield will will be fine. We just need to, one person to put the ball in the back of the net and to get their confidence up for them to carry on for the rest of the season. Yeah, wholeheartedly. Um, once it clicks, um, I think it will click if we can get Rachel back. Um, you know, obviously it's difficult not wanting to put too much pressure on Rachel after after a long long injury, but you know. The what she can bring in that front row, um, I think, you know, her her endeavour and her work rate will will have a a positive impact on the rest of the team. Um, and like Kaz said, you know, the new girls, Abby Grant, Claudia, um, 
you know, even Lucy Whip, if she, if she gets a run in the side, if it clicks um, and and the confidence is there, uh, and and the whoever the front three are, if you know, if they've got positivity, then um, yeah, I I think we'd be more than a match for a, a lot of teams in this division, um, and I'm not concerned yet. No, definitely no, not. Definitely not. It's a long way to go. Uh, the next question. Um... Considering we're just being very positive, this is going to be a sound of a weird question. But um, Nick asks, why are Birmingham City women's fans so impatient and pessimistic? Because they're so used to us and it's so good. That's For the last bit. couple of seasons, we've finished fourth. We haven't really struggled. And now we've lost half of the team. So it's a, basically a brand new team. And people need to get behind them instead of slagging them off. That's not going to do the players any good, just slagging the players off because the team's not winning. So get behind the girls, follow them, home and away, show them that you support and the results will come. I don't think, I don't think we could have said it any better, Chris. Frightening how much I'm agreeing with Kaz tonight, really. But, um, I'm yeah, on she, fire, mate. She, fire. <laughs> yeah, she's, she's, she's absolutely spot on. I, mean, I, think, I think what happened in the summer will have put a lot of people's backs up. Um, it, you know, and a lot of questions will have been raised. And I think you know, the, any negativity really probably stems towards the club rather than the players that are there now. But Kaz is right. It, it, you know, whether it's at the club or the players, the players are going to feel it. And if there's, if there is an uneasy, nervous tension, you know, atmosphere around the ground, then then players will pick up on that. And if they try something and give the ball away, and there's groans in the crowd, it's you know, players will pick up on that sort of thing. So it's difficult for them and. Like I said, I, I, you know, again, I agree. Get behind them, um, you know, give them, give them the confidence they need, back them, and you know, a, a confident blue side with the players we've got available. As as we said, will will beat teams this season. I've I've no I've no doubt about that. Absolutely. The next question comes in from Peter. He asks, "Why have the club signed so many midfielders?" I was looking at this, and I don't think we've actually signed that many actual midfielders because we've got Brianna Vasselli, she came from West Ham, and you've got Abby Grant, who has been classed as a midfielder, but I would class her more as a forward or a She's winger. a forward, yeah. yeah. So, according to the club website, we've only signed those two as midfielders. You've got Ad- Adrian Jordan, obviously, she's a midfielder who... Oh, no, Holloway, sorry. Rebecca Holloway is a midfielder, but he's playing as a defence defender. But yeah. apart from that, we don't really have any... There are a lot of um, forward players we've signed, but they're not necessarily classed as strikers so I guess he's thinking maybe they're midfielders what do you think Chris? Yeah I think you know Lucy Whip, Abby Grant, Claudia Walker probably you know you'd, if you were being pedantic you could probably say that they're not out and out strikers so if they're part of a front three you know you could class them as as attacking midfield options if you want if you like but like you say the, the midfield that we've gone with this season has been Bree, Chloe and Stan and Chloe and Stan were with us last season, so um, yeah, I think you know, we, with the players that left, we we had to we had to sign replacements um, in every area. So I think a better question would be why haven't we assigned any more defenders? But that, that's, that's a question that, for another day. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, next question is Steve, and he asks: uh, There was just sixteen goals from one hundred and six shots on target in the WSL so far this season. I'm I'm going to trust you, Steve, on your stats there. Um, <laughs> do you think goalkeeping is better than last season? What do you think? Oh Chris? hell yes, hell yes. Who'd have thought Mary Epps would have kept them them 
shot out last night. Do you know what I mean? Like, even Man City fans were saying yesterday that Mary Ape should be England's number one over Ellie Roebuck, where I think Ellie Roebuck's probably one of the best goalkeepers in the league. Is it is it to do with them getting more more years of um, actual goalkeeping coaching in recent seasons compared to them not having it in previous years? Siobhan Chamberlain's talked about that, and maybe Mary Earp's going to Wolfsburg. She's got um, goalkeeping coaching. She didn't necessarily get games, but she got coaching better to make her a better player, and she's come back in the league. You've got the likes of Ellie Roebuck, as you've mentioned, Sophie Bagley, Megan Walsh. They're all household names for women's football fans now, and that's because they're playing so well. And is that to do with the coaching, Chris, do you think? Yeah, it will definitely definitely have a positive impact on on the performances. Um, you know, you try more every day. I think you know generally, um, you know, the league going full time, training yeah. every day, more professional. Um, you know, the, the the standard of the standard of play should be getting higher and higher. But certainly, the standard of goalkeeping. You know, like you say, with specific goalkeepers, coaches now. Um, I think it will have a positive impact. But like you said, we got. There's, there's good goalkeepers in the league. Um, that, that's the reality, you know. There's there's competition for places at, at, at big clubs now, so um, the goalkeepers know that they've got to perform, or, or they'll be out the next game. And and like, was it was it Steve who said that? Sorry, was yeah, that Steve's Steve, question? Yeah. So um, you know, that's his point about about the the standard getting better. I think is is a valid one. Yeah. We've got two final questions before we talk about the Everton game. The first one comes from Chris. And he asks, "What is your preferred starting eleven? This this could be a, um, a, a feisty one if you don't <laughs> agree with this. Um, I'll let you go first, Kaz. Do you want to start with the goalkeeper and work forwards? You can say what formation as well if you if you got that to, in your head. Right, I'm gonna go four four two. Um, Hannah in goal, Jordan and Harriet Scott on the as the fullbacks, Kez and Bex in the Central defenders with Brianna and Sarah Malin as your wingers, Lucy Staniforth as your number 10, Chloe Arthur in the middle as well, and I would put Abby Grant and Claudia Walker just playing like off each other. Okay, so yeah, that, that's mine. What about you, Chris? Um. Yeah, I've gone four three three. I assume we're going fully fit squad. Yeah, yeah, I, I think so. That's fair. Um, so Hampton in goal, Jordan Holloway, Harrow, Scott across the back, midfield three of uh, Brianna, Chloe Arthur, and Sarah Mailing, and a front three of Abby Grant, Rachel Williams, and Lucy Stanleyforth. How dare you leave Claudia out? <laughs> it's been the first time in a while. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I, my my team is, is, is it, I think we've all agreed that the back five is is pretty much um, as is. Yeah. We've got Hannah Hampton, Jordan, Holloway, Harrop, and Scott. That's my back five. I've gone four two three one. Uh, I've got Chloe Arthur and Sarah Mailing as the two. Then I've got Claudia Walker, Lucy Stanley fourth, and Abby Grant as the three in front of the two. And then Rachel Williams um, as the lone striker. I, I really didn't want to put Brianna... I couldn't fit Brianna in the team. I really wanted to. I didn't know where to put her in this team that I've picked. I don't know, because I think Lucy Staniforth, even though she's relied on a bit too much, is that player you want as that coming in um, on coming in behind the striker 
for um for any deflected shots enough and she's got the ability to shoot from long range it's hard it's hard because we've got so many actual good players that i think maybe we we think we're limited in the options we've got but maybe we've got options that is it's it's harder to think than we thought uh for marta to pick the team what do you think yeah i agree like i, don't, I can't believe i've left rachel out of mine but <laughs> you know do you know what i mean so it is hard when you look at the team who you don't know who's going to be playing week in, week out, which I think that's a good thing, or it could be a bad thing. Who knows? It's important to say as well that depending on, on who you're playing, um, you know, that, that, that side should be flexible to change. Um, yeah, for example, I probably wouldn't play my 11 at Chelsea away. Um, you know, I'd go a little bit more little bit more stable maybe at times but um you know and if you if you're playing Brighton at home or somebody then 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 you could try and and go at the game a little bit more but for me generally um that would be my best 11 but like you say there's there's options there we haven't we haven't all agreed um there's players that people all three of us have left out that people will say should be in the squad so uh in the starting 11 sorry so um yeah, it shows that even though our squad is small, the the players that are there are, are good enough to be to be knocking on the door for a first team spot. And the final question comes from our friend John, and he asks: Following on from the Manchester United and Arsenal game, do you plan to boo any of the opposition in the upcoming fixtures? <laughs> yes. Oh, I, yes. I, I, funny, I didn't think you'd say that, Chris. I've got, I've got, a, I've got a few in mind. <laughs> A couple, oh, maybe a couple that have left uh, previously uh, over the summer, Chris, was that? W- wouldn't like to say. Would not like yeah. to say. Yeah. yeah, don't be standing next to me. <laughs> briefly briefly touching on this issue, the, the idea, is, is the issue that they're booing or is it is it because Jordan Nobbs is coming from, back from a major injury and it's kind of that um, we're encouraging fans of the game that were maybe not women's fans in previous seasons, like when... Uh, Doncaster Bells visited um, Blues at St Andrews one of the years and they booed Chloe Peplo when she came on as sub. It's one of those where, are we, are we, do we need to educate fans more of who people are or is it just a case of it's an opposition player and you can boo whoever you want? Well, Who, who's that one for? Yeah, go on, Kaz. I would never, ever boo Jordan Nobbs. Like, Jordan Nobbs is worth more money and has got more ability on a ball than any one single player of that Manchester United squad. Like, how can you boo a worldie like Jordan Nobbs? So is, it a, case, the- so is it a case that uh, if a player's good enough, you shouldn't boo them? Because I think people probably boo Messi and stuff in the men's game, and, and he's he's one of the best in the world. I'll, I'll, I'm not being funny, mate. They've, they've been around a season and they have the nerve to like boo players. They're just it's it's unbelievable, mate. It's it's unbelievable. Chris, think, what, what what's the issue for you? Obviously coming from coming from the men's game, I had, you know, fifteen years of the men's game before before I got into the women's game. Um, you know, of going home and away. So I'm I'm used to you know, I've been to Cardiff and Millwall and places and you know, you you see things and hear things that you you know, would would turn your stomach. So, um, you know, it, that's not the issue for me. I'm, I'm not, if they want to boo any player, then that's their prerogative. 
um, you know, you you can you can sarcastically applaud and sarcastically cheer something that Jordan Nobbs does wrong every now and then if you think it all it all affect a game or whatever. But you know, chance it's very difficult to. It's very brave. I it's very brave to do that because nine times out of ten, Jordan Nobbs is going to get the better of your team. Um, but I've I've got no issue if they want to do that. It's it's the it's the feeling of self self importance and self worth that they that they think that they're the only people who could do it and that nobody's going to question them on it. But Mike has said at some point, at some point, it is going to come back and you know if they if they start chanting and doing something and and it kicks off, then you know let's see their reaction. Then let's see how how happy and brave they are then because at the moment, like I said, the, their supporters consider themselves unique and uh you know un- unfallible in terms of in terms of w- women's football and that they're the you know they're a new breed that nobody's ever seen before and that that's that's just quite simply not the case um you know the language that you hear sometimes behind the goal at, at blues is is quite fruity at times from some people cast um <laughs> <laughs> but you know so i haven't got that that's not an issue for me. It's it's the it's the feeling of you know we're we're obviously the only people who do it and and nobody else can stop us and we're getting up everybody's backs and you know at some point at some point somebody's going to say something back and let's see what let's see what they do then. I'll let I'll let Chris have the final word on that. We'll move on now to the uh, the weekend's game coming up and we return to Amazon Park on Sunday as we kick off our League Cup campaign against Everton. Less than two weeks have passed since the 1-0 defeat to the Toffees, so the disappointment from that day will still be fresh in the minds of the Blues players. It was no goal, the only difference on the, on the day that time. Uh, there's obviously a lot of confidence in this uh, Everton camp right now, coming off the back of a 2-0 win over Bristol City, thanks to a double from Chloe Kelly. Uh, what do you think the priority is this season? Should we use the League Cup to experiment with different formations, different players, or should we f- and focus on the league? Or should we use the cup games to continue to bed in the first team players that Marta clearly prefers so far? What do you think, both of you? Go on, Chris. Yeah, uh, that the the latter for me definitely. Um, yeah, this is it, it's a cup competition. Obviously, we want to do well in the cup, but um, definitely for me, let let let's get this let's get this starting eleven nailed down. Um, let's get everybody used to, you know, give each other another ninety minutes of getting used to how how everybody plays and getting used to the style that we want to we want to develop. Um, so yeah, I'll be going, I'll be going strongest team and go and rectify what went wrong against Everton two weeks ago. Do you agree with that, Cats, or do you want to see some new fresh faces in the team this Sunday? Uh, uh, no, I agree with Chris. Um, I think we need to get this team like building on conf- with confidence and if you're going to mix it up for a couple of games then the confidence might drop a bit more so yeah I would bas- my priority this season would be the league because if we get relegated then we're screwed <laughs> I wonder what so, was coming there I had to think of a word <laughs> it was hard um, so I would play the cup games as we would a league game. I wouldn't change the team. I would just play if it was, yeah, 
if three points were depending on it week in, week out. Isn't aren't you running the risk that possibly you're gonna fatigue play I know it's early in the season, but do you want to rest players for league games when they're maybe more a priority if if you think the league's the most important thing? Uh well, we're a professional club, so we we should be we should be a fit a fit team. I think we've, we've yeah we're, we're not playing we're not playing Sunday Wednesday Sunday. You know it's it is only Sunday Sunday Sunday. Um, so you know um, I think like 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 Kaz said, um, play your best eleven. Um, get, get used to you know get everything working a little bit better. You know more and more. And then, obviously, you've got Reading the week after that in the league, which is going to be a big game. Um, so, you know, you you play everybody against uh, against Everton in the Cup. Things click a little bit better. Things gel a bit more. And then they're, they're even more ready for Reading the week after for me. That's fair enough. Um, as far as the game goes, we're yet to see Alex Brooks get a start for Blues. Marta kept Hannah in goal for the FA Cup games last season. But could this be the time to give Alex her debut, Kaz? Maybe, because if we're short on short on goals, Hannah can play up front. <laughs> she, she went up a couple of times at the weekend to try and score. But yeah, why not? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, why not? Um, what, about, what, what do you think, Chris? Do you think Alex Brooks um, should, should get a start as the cup goalkeeper? <laughs> um, nothing against Alex, but I, I just want... I want the the eleven to to be comfortable with each other, you know, and obviously the defence are getting used to playing with Hannah, you know. Obviously, Keris and and Harriet did, but Adrian and and Becky Holloway are you know are, are new to the side and they're they're getting used to the the defensive system. So I I'd, I'd go exactly the same as West Ham if it was me. That's fair. But all I'm saying oh, is, sorry, Alex Brooks has kept two clean has kept two clean sheets in pre season. One one against Bristol, so you know. Yeah, but they're rubbish. Play, play, play Hannah up front. Play Hannah up front. <laughs> it's it's definitely an option, and and we, we've got options, which is good. Uh, as for as for Everton, they played summer signing Tinger Coppella in between the sticks for the last two games. I apologise that I said Kirsty Lavelle in the podcast of last few weeks ago. It, so someone someone brought it up to me and I I, I did notice uh, after after the finished recording. But um, do you think Kirsty Lavelle will get a start this weekend, Kaz, or do you think it'll be Capella again? Probably Capella again. Uh, she's she's been doing great, hasn't she? So what is it? Two clean sheets now. She's kept. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. So yeah, why not keep her in? Do you know what I mean? It's only going to build their confidence up even more. That's true. Uh, Lucy Graham was a real threat for Bristol City last season, but has yet to find her feet at Everton. Is it just a matter of time before she finds her shooting boots, Chris? I would, I would imagine so. You know, she's she obviously would have got a lot of confidence from from the way she played for Bristol last season. But um, you know, maybe she's playing in a slightly different role for Everton this season. You know, the the main goal the goal threat was from Lucy Graham for Bristol last season. Whereas with Everton, I think there's a few more, a few more options in, in the side, you know, where, where goals could come from. So, um, yeah, I think, you know, she's obviously, she's an important player for them. But, um, you know, as I said, I think the goals, the goals could come from more places. Whereas at Bristol last season, they were, they were quite reliant on her. While Everton have three goals already this season, we are yet to get off the mark. 
Is Rachel Williams the key to picking the proverbial lock, or is that being a bit too simplistic, Kaz? I think if she's fit, then yeah, I would say she is probably the key. But like we, we've said, we don't want to keep putting the onus on Rachel and risking her getting another injury and being out for another eight, eight, ten months, do you know what I mean? Yeah, that's absolutely true. Chris, what do you think? Yeah, and obviously that, you know, the the onus is on Abby Grant and Claudia Walker and uh, whoever else plays up front to make sure that the, we're not heavily reliant on on Rachel this season. Um, which again is another is another reason why I'd suggest you know keeping them in that squad, giving them another ninety minutes, giving them another run out in the side, see if they can get that first goal of the season and get their confidence going. Sunday's game is going to be an interesting one in more ways than one, depending on what type what kind of team Tejador puts out. Um, what do you see the score being on Sunday, Chris? First of all, what about what do you think? Five nil, blows. <laughs> okay, <laughs> five nil. Chris. I think you can move on with Kaz because I think she's going to say exactly the same based on that reaction. I think one nil, Abby Grant. One nil. I'll take. I'd take that. I've gone for a. Uh, I don't know if this is pessimistic or or I want to go um, up in a. Can you go up in a blaze of glory? I don't know. I've put. No. Bir- I've, put <laughs> no. I've put Birmingham City to win on penalties after a one-one draw. So it'd be exciting, but it w- it won't be good for anyone's nerves if it turns out that way. So yeah. Chris has gone for five nil. Uh, Kaz has gone for one nil, and I've gone for one-one draw with Birmingham to win on penalties. That's all for this week. Thank you for everyone oh, watching. Can I say something? Yeah, go quickly. For it, Obviously, I'm not there for the next two games, so I've been told by the players if we win both games while me and Stace aren't there, we're not allowed to come again. So, potentially West Ham Ham could have been our last game, so it was nice knowing you all. You too. (laughs) Kaz can be the official FA player correspondent if if she's banned from the ground. Yeah, over in Turkey, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's all for this week's show. Thanks to Kaz and Chris for joining me. You can follow them on Twitter at A-W-C-A-I-B, that's Chris, A-W-C-A-I-B. You can follow Kaz at team underscore Schroeder. You can follow me at Craig Hadley. You can follow the show at Great Since 68. And that was the Great Since 68 podcast. To listen to future shows or listen back to our previous ones, go to iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or any other podcast platform you may use. And search for Great Since 68 and subscribe today. Thanks for listening, and remember... Keep right on.